0: frantic nerdcast hosted by aj and brock talking about all the nerdy things that you want to hear about let's get into it all right guys welcome to the first episode of frantic nerdcast i am aj and I am Brock And we are going to be talking about all things that we love that are nerdy uh, So Brock, first off, what is uh, your nerd credentials?
1: Nerd credentials, yes. oh god um, It depends on where you start I mean, you, you always start in your youth, don't you? When you uh, you get peddled as that nerd over in the corner <laughs> And then it just grows from there. I must say, being uh, a nerd has changed since when we, when we were young. 100%. 100% it has.
0: A little bit picked on for when you're, you're comic reading and all that kind of stuff. And now it's the cool thing. All thanks to Marvel. Mm-hmm, definitely. Uh, me, I used to read comic books for a very long time. I've got big boxes of them in the garage. Anime fan and massive board game geek for about 12 years, now, 13 years now, I think. Uh, my
1: collection is rather big. For me, it was... Uh... More or less, uh, the, the books, the, they'd expanded into the comics, that expanded into all sorts of um, games, any, any which way, shape, or form, more so video games. Uh, I've never really been a massive
0: video gamer. I think I remember I was probably the first kid in school to get a 64 when they first came out. I had Torok, which was a PM game, and then uh, Mario 64, which took over my life. I think it took over everybody's um, yeah, life in the 90s. Still such it's still the best Mario game ever made. Um, but kind of, I think, Xbox 360, Guitar Hero and all that kind of stuff, and then after that I kind of just stopped playing video games and that's when board games came into the life and took over all the gaming aspects.
1: I suppose for me, like the back end of, um, or oh, mid to the back end of high school, it was, again, the Xbox 360, again, in amongst Gears of War, Halo, which then went into all the Call of Duties, and it was just, uh, as many people can attest to, too much. <laughs> I uh, completely forgot about Halo there, yeah. I remember doing the midnight lineup
0: for Halo 2, when it, uh, Halo 3 when it first came out, lining up at EB Games at midnight. Spent
1: too many times at uh, the good old either JB Hi-Fi or EB Games at midnight waiting for the release. <laughs> it was funny you say Halo, I, um, I managed to forget that they did the Halo series i just the the, the tv series the tv series recently so i I forgot about it wife went and got the um (laughs) paramount paramount plus which it's on oh yep yep Yep. noticed that it had that i'm like oh this is excellent um watching the first episode i found my hands in my lap as if i was gripping an xbox controller moving in and out with everything that was happening (laughs) it was next level and we weren't really going to talk about that show but it was a good did you like it I rated it. Yeah. I think it just took me back, but it was good in that I I can't recall too much of what happened within the games. So it almost gave me like a prequel to the games, which was really, really cool.
0: Yeah. I I found the side story with the young girl was completely pointless and did not need to be in the show and kind of ruined the show, in my opinion. But everything with Master Chief. Perfect. Even when he was banging the alien chick, it was still a
1: great show. Mm. And that costume was just on, it was on point. point. It was so good. I think, I think, um, I don't know if they've written up to do the second season or not. I expect uh, I got, that they got, yeah,
0: I'm pretty sure it, about halfway through streaming of the first season, I think it got renewed
1: from memory. Nice. Well, I think that um, I would love on the side, I think her character will probably build it, or have more prominence in the second one. I hope. Hopefully. Not. <laughs> oh, well, oh, just to give the her presence in the first season, some sort of meaning. <laughs> some point. So really,
0: she really did not need to be in that show at exactly, all. Exactly. Um, all right. Well, let's get into what we're going to be talking about in this episode. Uh, so first off, uh, I think it was about five days ago now when this was recording, the Madam Webb trailer dropped. Uh, now, we've both watched it and we literally just watched it before this podcast again just to... Um, Refresh our memories. What are your thoughts?
1: Uh, I find one of the big things with trailers, no matter what trailer it is, no matter what the, the movie or anything, if I don't have some sort of nostalgic pull to it, it's hard to get drawn in unless you sort of... It's a great trailer. Yeah. And it just didn't have any sort of nostalgic pull for me. So it was just kind of, okay... It, it, honestly, the trailer looked like an, an action film that's playing... Sony trying to expand upon its success with Spider-Man and whatnot.
0: It gave me the worrying thought of the trailer was very reminiscent of the Morbius trailer. Yes. And Morbius was a gigantic pile of shit. That we've all watched several times anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think my major issue with it is same thing, like you don't really have a connection with the characters. Mm. Um, My only memory of Madame Webb is from the 1997 or whatever it is, Spider-Man animated Series, Hmm. when he had the little mini Spider-Verse couple of things, like just before (laughs) the series finished, and Madame Webb appeared and she was like the guard, like she sort of guided like the six-armed Spider-Man, the metallic suit Spider-Man through their adventures. That's my only sort of knowledge I've ever had of Madame Webb. Um, And then the other three, the Spider-Women in it, I've never really read much of the Spider I haven't really read much of Spider Man for a long time. Um my only knowledge of those guys is I've read the Spider Verse trade back mm. and spider women play a big role in that. The only one I actually know anything about is Arana, who is now I believe she's now Spider Girl in the comics. Um she was in uh, Amazing Fantasy. Hmm. You ever read those ones no. from my back in the day? That's where Spider Man came from in the original Amazing Fantasy series oh, way yeah. back in the day. And they rebooted it in, oh, I want to say late noughties. Um, and it was, uh, she kind of got, it was, oh God, it was like semi magically style power. Um, spider abilities and she had like goggles and more just a shirt and stuff and she had like a long slinky yo-yo style spider thing that she used to sort of stick around and eventually yeah she's become spider girl in the series I think and wears the black black costume with Mm -hmm. the same that kind of thing Um, but this, from what I've got from the trailer it looks like they're borrowing heavily from the spider verse comics Mm. not the movie because in the comic, have you read the comic, the Spider Verse Throwback? It's um, essentially the story is that there's a family of immortal sort of vampires that live outside of the multiverse, right? And they travel into different uh, universes to find uh, the spider totem of that universe, which is the Spider Man in each universe, and then essentially they kill it and feed on its soul, like its essence. Yeah, right. Um, and that's essentially the story. And then in the story, they all all the Spideys come together and form little troops and go around and destroy these vampires. It sounds like
1: the old uh, Jet Li film, One.
0: Yeah, yeah very... <laughs> that. It's exactly that. Um, so it kind of looks like he... That character that looks like the Spider-Man-looking guy in the trailer. Mm. He is going to be one of those mortals or, sure. like, some form of that. But I read on uh, Wiki that this Madam, Madam Web in it isn't actually... Um, any of the real Madam Webbs? It's like a new Madam Webb created mm. just for the movie. Okay. So, I don't know. It, oh,
1: look, if they do that, at least they're trying to give it some form of spin to what yeah. I mean... Because the,
0: the original Madam Webb uh, is a mutant. Mm. She's not actually um, anything really to do with Spider-Man or their powers and stuff. She's actually a mutant who has like psychon- uh, psychon- psychic powers. Right. And she can like sense other people's auras and stuff like that. Mm. And then she died of some uh, mutant disease or something, and she then found out she could hand her powers over to someone else, and that person then became the new Madame Web.
1: Sure. So, um, I mean, even with the way that Marvel's sort of, or the direction that Marvel's heading, it probably would have been a good idea to have that factor into it. I mean, especially if Sony and Marvel are trying to maintain some form of relationship, which... Apparently, I've read online... From multiple sources, they're usually all bullshit,
0: like most of the stuff on the mm. internet has to do with Marvel. But apparently, they're trying to do a connected Spider-Man universe with MCU. Okay, <clears throat> so um, so it's it won't be connected to MCU. It will only be connected to the Spider-Man of MCU. Hmm. So Toby, uh, not Toby, um, Tom Holland, Tom Holland yeah. will be a part of the Sony universe hmm. and the Marvel universe. Sure kind of thing because they already kind of did that with Venom at Mm -hmm. the end of Spider-Man 3 Mm. was it Spider-Man 3 yeah Spider-Man 3
1: Mm -hmm. where he's in the bar and he's just gone yeah yeah and and I mean even like to that like it depends on what article you read and as you said the internet's full of bullshit so I mean some of the things that I've read is, oh, they bring him back Andrew Garfield. And you read that for a month and he's going to be the Venom Spider-Man. You're like, okay, sweet. I can see that. He gets he gets to come through and do what he needs to do. And then the next flavor of the week is that Tobey Maguire's is coming back in. You're like, well, come on. Well, Andrew Garfield has said multiple times that he only came back because Tobey Maguire
0: came back. Exactly. And he'll never do it. He's too old to do it now. He exactly. said that multiple times. So he's never coming back.
1: Yeah. And then you put another, what? Because, uh, what, Tobey's another 10 years on him. So... Okay. <laughs> I don't think, think
0: Tobey would come
1: back either. It's, it's a pretty grueling job for anyone. Exactly.
0: exactly, And just goes back to, to show the internet's full of shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. If that's what you've taken from this little conversation, the internet is full of shit. Um, All right, so on to the next thing, which uh, we're going to talk about the Marvels, the most uh, hated Marvel movie on the internet so far. (laughs) Um, All I've heard about is, oh, worst opening weekend, blah, 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 blah. But before we start, we will just do this. And that is our spoiler warning. We are going to talk about the movie. Uh, So if you don't want to know what happens, um, skip ahead a little bit to some time and I'm sure it'll be probably like five minutes or something and we'll stop talking about it. Um, But we saw this two weeks ago now. Yeah, two weeks. Um, I don't know about you. I think we've talked about this. I don't know about you, but I went into this with very low expectations. Same. Same. I had, um, in all honesty I, it wasn't even that i had low expectations i had none yeah because i i liked miss marvel the series it wasn't bad i liked how they did everything i like how they handled the character all that kind of stuff wasn't a great show but it was a good show um in terms of marvel shows um miss think- marvel oh, captain marvel sorry i just i wasn't really a huge fan of it it kind of just it was a movie. It happened. Mm. Yep, sweet. This one, yeah, like I said, I went in really low expectations, and um, I was pleasantly happy with
1: it. Was <laughs> so I look? It was for movie sake and going to the movies and whatnot. Take away the Marvel factor, it was just a good movie. Yeah, yeah. And it was a watchable movie. It was enjoyable. Like everybody's going to have their gripes hit to any movie, good, bad, in between, whatever. But it was just a good movie.
0: Yeah. I think um, I think a lot of people are putting too much emphasis on every Marvel movie having to be Endgame. Yes, which Definitely. they're not going to be Endgame. That exactly. was ten years leading up to that thing, and 100%. it cost what ridiculous amounts of money to make. They can't make every movie like that. Yeah. It's just not physically 100%. possible.
1: And, and I mean, even to talking to that, like if you want to talk about Endgame being like a ten-year build-up, you look at the movies leading up to that 10-year point. I mean, the absolute amount of flack that Iron Man, I think it was 2 and 3, but more so 3, yeah, three got, yeah. I mean, it was on par with what Miss Marvel, or oh, this, this the, the, the Marvel's movie is getting now. Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah. I mean, but now you look back in time, you don't even I, really talk and, about it, do you? You just yeah. go back to Endgame. Which I, you- I
0: personally think Marvel's was probably more entertaining than Iron Man 3. Like Iron Man 3, I got what they were going for with mm-hmm. the director they had. Like, he directed Predator. Hmm. Like, you know. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Very different style of director for an MCU movie. Um, But Marvel's yeah, I was was happy with the fight scenes. I thought it was really, really good. Um, I've heard a couple of reviewers say they couldn't understand why they switched powers sometimes and didn't, except for the fact they actually explained in the movie that it's only when they both use their powers simultaneously that Mm. they swap kind of thing. So that was very much explained. Yeah. I can see the gripe with the uh, Aladdin planet, the singing planet. That was kind of fucking stupid. It was entertaining. Um, I think... Uh Ms. Marvel stole that whole
1: yes, that section same. where she's just walking around like a fan <laughs> girl. Like, I, I, I thought the exact same thing. Like that, that, that whole time like it started and I kind of got the cringe and I'm like, oh, what the hell is this? But then you just get drawn immediately into Miss Marvel, like just w- wandering around doing what she's doing. You're like, okay, I, I can get on board. <laughs> this, this is cool.
0: Uh, one thing I have, I do agree with with all the reviewers and the internet and stuff is the baddie. Um, I can't even remember her name. Mm. She was just, she was fucking pointless. Yeah. She was there. Yeah. Like, I don't like, I understand what her goal was, but it was just there was no development on it. Like, literally, the movie starts on her finding the Bengal, hmm. like, no story into what she's doing, hmm. why she's a bad guy, or anything like that. And
1: you could have almost had uh, another whether Marvel wanted to do like a, a short series, a mini series, or even Captain Marvel 2 that filled in some of that gap That's, because
0: it just that like, is one it, of the things I've heard a lot of people say is that it. There should there's a movie that's missing hmm. from, from
1: before this movie. And for how many have been cold, this is probably some, might have been something that did get cold. It just wasn't at the forefront yeah. of Marvel probably. saying, hey, look at all these movies we're doing. I think they
0: just kind of, I think they don't know what to do with Captain Marvel.
1: Hmm.
0: I think they kind of, they brought her in because she's a really popular character in the comic books. Mm-hmm. And then kind of went, oh, shit, uh, we've done a backstory. What do we do now? She's <laughs> way too OP. Yeah. Uh, let's just put
1: her with two other characters who are very similar to her. Mm. Yeah, and I found that uh, like the character development around the other two was better than what um, Captain Marvel's was.
0: Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And I mean, the the storyline wasn't amazing. Like it could have, it could have. I don't know, if it focused more on carol and ms marvel's relationship mm. i think that would have been a better movie mm. i don't think um the other one from one division well, i can't remember what was, what no, i name? can't remember um i don't think she needed to be in the movie like i get her story that she's mm. connected because she was a little kid in the first captain marvel mm. and all that kind of stuff like that she could have just sort of popped up a couple of times mm. i think the relationship between fangirl Hmm. Becoming the superhero and like that mentor role and then yeah. realising what you have to do as a superhero, like exactly. it's shit kind of like that one moment where we're on the planet and we can only save who we have to save, hmm. all that kind of stuff. That
1: I think that would have been a better movie. Hmm. And which led in nicely to the old um Passing the Torch at the end. Yeah. Where yeah. she goes and sees um what's her name? Hawk or uh Yeah, the young Hawkeye or whatever uh, the name. What's is. her name? The comics, it's uh
0: Speed, no, Speedy's uh, DC. Mm. Um, I think she's just Hawkeye, maybe. You'll, I can't remember. Uh, I'm sure she's got a name. Someone probably <laughs> tells. Um, but, I mean, that was... I really liked that because they've been setting up Young Avengers for yes. ages. Yes. Um, and then the, the post credit scene, which was <laughs> <clears throat> just... That was phenomenal. People have been complaining about the CGI and shit. Yeah. I don't care. It's You see, you hear that voice and you're like, oh my God, it's Beast. Yeah. And he walks in and it's it's like the animated series Beast, yeah. which people have been saying that universe is the animated series universe. Yeah, right. I, I disagree with it. I think it's the X-Men movies universe. That's where I got drawn to. Just because of the door. When it turns around, when it's sort of on beast and it comes around and you see that door, it's the movie door, that big it, X it's the a silver movie, door.
1: It's a movie door, but it's also, um, uh, old mate. What's his name? Uh, oh, Kelsey Yeah. Yeah. Fraser. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that, you carry that through as well. Cause he, he did, um, back in the original X-Men as well. So I mean, Yeah, he did in Last Stand. Yeah. He was beast in Last yeah, Stand. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that sort of carries through.
0: Um, I, yeah. Yeah. I, I think I think so. I think it's going to be the movie universe. I don't think it'll be the animated series because they've got the... Um, Disney are doing the continuation of the animated universe. Hmm. On Disney, they're doing the animated... They're continuing with the animated series from where it left off, the 1995 sure. one, yeah. which they've already done in comics. Mm-hmm. They've continued on in comics, but yeah, I think that, that'll that be good.
1: It'll be interesting to see as well how um, Deadpool sort of plays into it when that comes out and how that plays in between the two because, again, the internet, rumor mill, every single bit has sort of come out and spoken about what might be, what could be, and all the rest. I mean, that could be a link in some way, shape, or form, or at least an explanation between the two. It well, might give it might explain what that world is.
0: Yeah, well I think it's gonna it will definitely deal with multiverse stuff mm-hmm. because he's got to come into the Marvel universe, hmm. number one. But end of Deadpool two, we had the the watch yep. from cable so I'm um, that'll because he did it at the end of episode two uh, movie two he jumped through the universes and killed himself before doing um green lantern <laughs> uh and all that kind of went to kill yeah. hitler and went nope 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 can't 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 yeah. um so i think it's going to be um i think it'll be that, and i don't think wolverine is the x-men universe wolverine i don't think they'd touch that okay. i think they'd let that go with the whole logan ending sure. and all that kind of stuff personally so, and we just with his costume, his costume is very comic book. Oh, yeah. Animated series accurate. So, mm. I'd say that's going to be one of those X Men kind of thing. Oh, which would be sweet. Yeah. And I mean, we've already seen um, Professor X in the chair from the animated series mm-hmm. in um, Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. So, who knows? Um,
1: anything else on Marvels? Um, no. Not that I can think of all right I mean, well let's uh
0: let's jump into our next talking point, which is another marvel thing, funnily enough. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about what if season two trailer um this trailer did not give much away, which no. is it's just good for a trailer because hmm. that's very rare that a trailer does that.
1: It more or less came out and said, "Hey, we're doing season two yeah we we, we did season one. you liked it. Here's season two. Come watch it. You'll love it. Like, yeah. that's, and that's all that you sort of get from it.
0: <laughs> One thing I did notice, um, obviously some of the voices aren't done by the actual MCU talent. Mm. Um, I think the, oh, what's his name? The guy from Thor, uh, Thor Ragnarok. Um, old mate from Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah. He, he, uh, he, he does the voice of of his character. Um, in that car racing scene. Yeah, there was a couple that sounded familiar. Um, but, um... I'd, and I can't imagine Robert Downey Jr.'s coming back for Iron Man no. uh, or um, Chris Evans is coming back for uh, Cap. But the, uh, the universes look pretty cool. The car racing one reminds me a lot of House of M. Did you ever mm. read House of M? No. Um, no. That's when Scarlet Witch lost her mind because she... Uh, um, I think it had to do with, like, the kids, when she had the kids. Because sure. she made... Because, obviously, Vision can't give a kid, so she made kids. And then something happened, and she just lost her mind. And mm-hmm. her psychic powers just went... So, blew out and changed the entire world. So, WandaVision... In her image. A kind lower, of, yeah. ...a lower scale. But it, uh, it changed the entire world.
1: Sorry, WandaVision being a lower scale. Mutants
0: became the dominant power. Like, Magneto was... Um, like, uh, he was, like, the ruler of the world kind of thing. Sure. Um... But essentially Iron Man in that universe, he was like a gladiator in like an iron, like he wore his Iron Man suit and he was in like Iron Wars, right. like these big like gladiatorial battles and armor and stuff. And it <laughs> kind of, like it wasn't in cars and things, but it kind of reminds me of that sort of scenario, mm. which looked really, really cool. Um, then there was, there seemed to be a lot of Peggy, Peggy Carter as mm. um, Captain Britain. Yep. Which I like because I like that character. There, I think she was a great character in the first season. Mm-hmm. And I'd say they're going to have that multiversal Avengers again. Yeah, kind of looks like the-
1: that's what it uh, definitely seemed like. What it was drawing on. Mm. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if, uh, like, as I think that opening scene where they're at the um, the circus, whether that is almost like the multi- multiversal sort of Avengers kicking around, or yeah. whether it's just associated to their own thing. Because it was it was with Hank Pym mm-hmm. as Ant Man.
0: Uh, Peggy, um, Black Panther, but it was I think I think I, it's meant to be the dad because he's couldn't. got the, he's got the um, ribbon mm. around him, which yep. is what the da- the king wears. Yep. So I'm guessing it's meant to be him. So it kind of looks like it might be like earlier version hmm. of the Avengers before like MCU kind of yeah. stuff happens. It kind of seems like. Um, but yeah, and then a fair bit of Nebula. I noticed like she uh, she had. It looks like she takes off Thanos', Thanos helmet. Thanos', yeah, I picked up on that. So she might be the Thanos in a universe mm. kind of thing. Because um, there was an th- episode that was taken out of the first season that didn't air. And it, uh, it was Gamora was Thanos and had the gauntlet. Mm. And, like, she's in the last episode when they're fighting the Ultra Ultron yep. guy. Um, but they cut that episode for some reason. I'm not sure why. It was meant to be her and Tony um, trying to get the stones or something like that I think it was yeah, right. but for some reason they cut it which kind of was weird because that that Gamora Thanos turns up in that last episode and you're like who the fuck is this character
1: <laughs> right I don't know maybe, yeah but I mean it's an interesting thing to look at because I think Nebula obviously through the Marvel movies you give her the, the right steering and she is Thanos
0: Oh, yeah, 100%. Because you just look at
1: Endgame, like she was,
0: when they go back in time, she was the dick. Yeah. And she kind of continued to be the dick right up
1: until the end. Hmm, exactly. Exactly. So to be, I'd, I kind of hope that they play onto that and it'd be cool to see her a little more OP than what she was in the, the Marvel movies.
0: Yeah. And it looks like it's got the, um, the evil Doctor Strange from yes. the first one come back.
1: Yeah. That definitely looked like it.
0: The one who destroyed his own universe by going back in time, back in time, back in time, back in time trying to save the
1: One thing that I didn't know is who he's gone back for, the um, the old school, like, uh, American Indian tribe persons.
0: Oh, that kind of...
1: To me, that kind of looks... Like, I don't know why they would go this route, but it
0: looks like Morningstar mm. from the X-Men. Right. Who is a... I think she's a Native American, mm. and she's got... Um, her powers are kind of like... Uh, her visions can kind of come to life, I think, from memory. I haven't really... I haven't read New Mutants, Mutants in a long time. Sure. But, um, yeah, from memory, her, her... Like, she manifests her visions. Right. Kind of things. Like, um, the first collection of New Mutants was, like, a bear, a killer bear that was going around. And um, it was all her, her sort of thing. The move, the New Mutants movie mm-hmm. was actually based on that first one. Okay. I uh, had... Um, uh, Oh, what was it? it was like cannonball um her like uh, her uh magic which is cross mm. sister mm-hmm. um and yeah it wasn't a bad it wasn't a bad movie
1: but um, what, the new Mutants movie yeah the new I Mutants it was movie. good yeah it wasn't bad but um I stumbled yeah. I stumbled across it like only probably oh, I'd say earlier this year. Just one hungover morning and watching something that I hadn't watched in the past. I thought, you know what? This is a, I didn't see much about it when it first came out. Oh, I it, mean, it's... Because it, it was delayed crazy. for like two years, I think. Because yeah. I think it was... I enjoyed it. What was it? It was... Um, they had
0: a whole heap of issues. I think they had to reshoot a whole heap of shit. But then oh. also, um, they... Something happened. I can't remember. I think it was the Marvel-Sony situation. Oh, yeah, it was when Marvel bought Fox. Oh, Okay. And it kind of put that movie in limbo and then I think it re- eventually got released. So I think that was kind of what happened with that. Right. Um, I think that's what we can all, all we can really talk about on the What If trailer because there wasn't much information <laughs> in it. It looks cool. I like the fact that it's getting released nine days in a row. Yes. So you don't have to wait week for week for week for week because they're, like some of the episodes last time were really fucking short. Hmm. So, um, yeah, that should be good. Looking forward to it.
1: Yeah. What do we got next? Uh, the Avatar trailer.
0: Oh, Last Airbender, baby. Um, I don't know about you, but Last Airbender is one of my top shows, like animated, live action, whatever. It's one of my top
1: shows. Uh, 100%. Like it, growing up, watching it, Going back to it several times, like I I was talking to um, my brother who is obsessed with it as well, literally going back looking for it on a streaming service just to go back and watch it again. I I think Netflix has it in Australia. Uh, They didn't have it when I was looking the other week. But um, look, they could have it back again. <laughs> Who knows? For the well, way I mean, that they jump around, they're releasing the, the live-action series, so I imagine they're going to have to have the animated series exactly, on there as well. Exactly. But I mean, it's just—it was amazing. I loved everything about that show. Growing up, it was just awesome. Such a good show, and. When you get to the trailer, I mean, the trailer... Okay, let's talk about the teaser trailer first that they released. However long ago it was. I can't was, remember. What was that one? All it was was they came out and they showed the um the symbols for the four. Oh, that's right. And that that's pretty much all it was. Yeah. Like, I got chills just fucking watching that. I'm like, oh, my God, this is it. It, it is. Yep. Oh, my God. Yes, <laughs> thank you. It, my, was I, just,
0: it just was amazing. I, I do remember that now. My only issue with it was that um, my trust in live action Avatar <laughs> was tainted by Emron Shitalon because, <laughs> fuck me, was that a rough bad. And we were like, who thought it was a good idea to let Emron Shitalon write and direct an Avatar The Last Airbender
1: fucking movie? Look, at the time, I'm sure someone had a great just thought it was brilliant, um, and I don't think they work for that studio anymore. <laughs> no, no. I don't even think fucking Emron Shitalon thought it was a good
0: fucking movie. Oh, well, I don't think he talks about it too much, so. <laughs> but um, the live action, like, they have nailed the characters in that. Yes. Which is just phenomenal. Like, I mean, the first thing they've obviously done over Emron Shitalon is the fact that they've hired characters the that casting, are the same race the, as the
1: characters in the, the show. Casting is amazing. The casting is really, really well done and it just draws you straight into it. It takes you straight back to when you're watching the cartoons. Now, I suppose the one thing that I do hope they do is make it as much of an ode to the original as possible, changing enough to keep you sort of going with it and interested in whatnot. Also, not swaying too far because <laughs> they've obviously got the story. It like, was... you can't really shift from the story because it is a, it is just a live yeah, action off. That. Yeah, because it was twenty two
0: episodes per a book, uh, thereabouts. I think so. So they can they'll be condensing that down into eight episodes, mm. which will be obviously like just shy of an hour or around an hour long. Mm-hmm. So I imagine, and like. There is a lot of filler in cartoons and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I imagine they should be able to fit the entire first book into one into that like season without having to ditch too much information. I haven't read into it. Do you know if they're doing a season per book? Uh, from, what, from what I read, each season will be a book. So they're going okay. to be doing three seasons. Sure. And I'm guessing if it's hugely successful,
1: which it will be,
0: obviously, oh, be. they'll probably be. do live action Korra as well.
1: Live action Korra, they're doing the next, they're doing the next um, iteration in cartoon as well for the next. Yeah, because um,
0: I actually read this yesterday. The creators who created the original Avatar <laughs> were they were executive producers or showrunners on this Netflix series, but they left due to creative differences, which is never a good sign when the creator leaves due to creative differences. <laughs> but I still have faith. But, um, apparently, uh, the Nickelodeon studios Mm -hmm. who released the original Avatar have brought them in and they're running an Avatar department of Nickelodeon, which is going to be working on multiple shows under the Avatar universe. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other thing I liked about the show is the trailer. Um the the big daddy fireman, like mm-hmm. the boss of the fire, I can't remember his name for the mm-hmm. life of me. Um, I think it's him, but the guy who voiced him in the cartoon is the one who's playing him in the show. Oh, that's awesome. I th- I'm pretty sure it was him, but one of one of the Fire Nation guys, the voicer is the actor, and I'm pretty sure it's him. <laughs> it's the dude from Lost. Yeah. Um, so that looks good. And then um, Oppo, is Oppo? Oppa? Oppa. Oppa, he looks so so good in the trailer! Oh my god, he looks phenomenal. The special effects look brilliant. Mm-hmm. The only thing I'm actually concerned about is um, how they're going to show the bending, because that oh. was one of the things of shit-alongs. Like the bending just looked fucking atrocious. It did. So I'm hoping they just follow the very, very simple mm. oh, shit. The very simple styling that the cartoon went with the bending.
1: Mm. No, I I agree. Like, if they can keep it simple, yet just hit the point of what they're trying to do, then it'll be perfect. Like, if they pretty much mimic, as you said, it'll work. I mean, that's what they did with One Piece. And it it
0: worked phenomenally freaking well. Have you watched the live-action One Piece? I have, actually. Oh. I thought it was great. So good. And they nailed it. Like, the characters looked like the anime. They acted Mm. like the anime. Yeah. The only... The only one it's kind of that series if it can which obviously at the moment it's going to continue for season two has been picked up. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it continues, I'm, I'm very interested to see how they are uh, how they will treat Nami's costume because in the anime, <laughs> she goes from a nice little simple costume, especially after the time skip, which is like you know in 600 episodes in you know, or whatever it is, after that time skip, her costume is essentially super low-cut jeans with a bikini Hmm. and her boobs grow drastically over that. So I'm very interested to see how they change that costume in the show.
1: Something tells me they're going to continue with what she's got. Yeah, I I feel so. She was phenomenal in that show. She was phenomenal. Um, But, yeah, I think the only thing out of Avatar that
0: I really hope they do, Hmm. and I just just want to see it, is Aang when he floats around on his air ball. You know, when he, oh, he yeah. sits in that little monk pose yeah, yeah. and he floats around in the air ball? That's yeah. the only thing I want to say
1: in live action. I think that would look awesome. I hope they keep that. I reckon, yeah, that's something that, um, like, draws you into him. I think they'll do it.
0: Yeah, it has to, they have to do it. And um, my favourite part of season, out of book one is... That end, like when the Fire Nation are fighting the Water mm-hmm. Nation part, like that big standoff when Ang's in trying to talk to, he talks to the dragon lady and all mm. that kind of stuff. And uh, I want to see how they do that because that was awesome in the cartoon. So mm. I really hope it was fucking, I really hope it was are, awesome.
1: If if they want to do it well, I reckon they'll have a whole episode just for that.
0: Oh, yeah, 100%. I reckon that would
1: probably be like two episodes right oh. at the end.
0: I, I think it's only eight episodes, but I hope it's 10. It'd be nice if it was 10. Movie length at the end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> big, big, massive movie-length episode right at the end there. Mm. All right, so uh, that's Avatar. What else have we got on the docket? Uh, so we're going to jump into some comic book talk now. We, now, this is a comic you haven't read yet, but I've given it to you to read. It's on the list, yeah. And it is uh, Batman the White Knight series. Uh, so it's done by Sean Murphy. Uh, he writes and draws it, and it kind of... They gave him the go-ahead to sort of do his own universe, so it kind of it takes place in a sort of its own universe kind of thing. But um, essentially, the first one, the first White Knight, was okay. It was just another sort of just a different take on it, mm-hmm. kind of thing. But it was the more the follow-up series, which are really really good, um, especially I jumped in on. Uh, Batman uh, Beyond the White Knight, mm-hmm. which is, I think it's the third series from the books, uh, and it's essentially Batman is in jail because he's sort of he's just old and crippled, and then like um, Nightwing is now like a GCPD officer, sure. um, Diana Troy is like FBI kind of thing, um, and this big hi- this big tech guy is um, trying to he's like creating like an army of robot Batman mm-hmm. kind of thing. And um, Joe, uh, Batman needs to break out of prison. And then all of a sudden he gets a VR version of uh, like the human Joker. So not when not when he's Joker, when he's like the normal human guy. Yeah. And um, he's in, in, in that, like this Joker helps him break out of prison and stuff like that. And then Harley Quinn is, uh, has kids with the Joker, got two kids, a girl and a boy. And they're like both like a rebel-y kind of thing. Mm. One's a bit more like the Joker. One's a bit more like the Human mm. Joker. Um, Harley Quinn and Batman are actually married right. in this one. Um, and like Bruce Wayne's like Uncle Bruce and stuff like that. But then um, Batman Beyond comes into it, sure, as well. So you get the Beyond costume in it as
1: well. Um, so it draws a lot, it draws on a lot of like the Batman universe. Yeah. Yeah. To just break to create something new and just a little bit different. Yeah. Actually it sounds pretty different. And it's, um, it's really, really good. And then they've done a they did
0: follow ups, one after up that of uh I think it's called Joker Generation or something like that. And it's it's sort it of continues straight on from Beyond White Knight, where it's um the Joker hologram thing takes his kids on like this tour of Gotham and you see all these other villains like Ice uh Captain Freeze and mm uh Mr. Freeze and Poison Ivy and the new Harley Quinn and all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah.
0: Um it's really it's really cool just the way they've done it. And you've seen those characters in different lights like Diane Troy as an FBI agent um like all the original Robins and stuff as police officers now. Mm. Uh, Barbara Gordon runs the police. Yep. But the police are different to these GCPD officers they're like a Anti superhero kind of force and all this kind of stuff. So it's really, really cool. I recommend anyone out there to read it. Okay. Um, you don't really need to read from w- White Knight on. Like I said, I jumped in on Beyond White Knight, and I was fine. And then that's when I realised after I read that I was like, oh, there's two series before this. <laughs> um, so yeah, so it's it's really good. It's um yeah, Batman White Knight, Curse of the White Knight, and then Beyond the White Knight are the three main series and then there's the fourth one which is the genera- Joker generation I think it's called
1: um, Oh look I do know that I've got a, a very big uh, back catalogue of comics to uh, that I will never catch up on <laughs> How much in me, but um, yeah the the DC world is definitely somewhere where I'm going to jump in and start thrashing through. And uh,
0: I've always found DC hard, well, DC and Marvel both extremely hard to get into some of the things just because the amount of different universes they have going on in different comics and you never know which one's connected to which one and all that kind of stuff. Like Spider-Man, I've, I read, there was a new little mini-series that came out called Dark Web hmm. and it went through, I think it was Venom, uh, it went through Red Goblin, Gold Goblin because apparently there's fucking three goblins now. <laughs> um, uh, then there was like a, Mary Jane and Black Cat spin-off yeah. went through as well. Mary Jane and Peter Parker are separated. Mm. Mary Jane has powers now, but they're luck-based powers. So, whenever she wants to use them, she has to, like, like roll a metaphorical dice
1: and she just gets a random superpower. Yeah, right. It's uh-huh. been out there. <laughs> yeah. Look, I, I, I get that, um, like, comics are always sort of... Comics will always go on. Comics are going to have some different story and play yeah. on something different all the time. So, I... I, I get what you're saying but i don't mind if you sort of you can pick something up and it has a clear enough starting point to be able to get through to a clear enough ending point and yep. even if they do have some interactivities with other comics and sidebars and whatnot i'm not too fussing that but as long as you can get some some sort of flow it's not too bad yeah. <laughs> i reckon I,
0: I do like the um when dc how they've done their couple of little reboots with like new 52 mm. and um whatever the second one was after New 52. Um that was that was good because you could jump in at Episode uh, issue zero and yeah. they kind of picked and choose what backstories they wanted to kind of continue and stuff mm. like that, which was which was good. Um but yeah it can sometimes it can get a bit hard. And like um one of my favorite companies is Xenoscope which do like the Grim Fairy Tales comics. Mm-hmm. Um they're, they were really good. They had the one comic, which is Grim Fairy Tales, which is just retellings of the Grim versions of Fairy Tales, the Grim Brothers Fairy Tales. And it was great. But then they, st- then they did the Wonderland series, which were okay because they're all six-issue limited series. They did three of those kind of thing. Each one carried on from the other, which are phenomenal. If you haven't read them, read, the, read them. Return to Wonderland, Beyond Wonderland, Escape Wonderland. Um, but then they did a continuation of a normal Wonderland series. And then all these other characters that they had in the Grim Fairy Tales, they picked out and they all got their own series. Sure. And then they started doing crossovers between them all, and like universal events. And they've done multiple universal events now. And now there's like 30 different series they have going. And I have right. no idea yeah, okay. who's doing anything and what. But then also all the, some of their characters, only get like they're like one-shot stories. So it's like a one-shot story and then another one-shot story and then another one-shot story. So you have no idea... Which one came before? Which one came before? Which one? It's extremely frustrating, right? Whereas, like uh, Aspen Comics, who do Fathom, which is my favourite comic book on mm-hmm. Earth, um, it's they're they're good because they do each series has normally like eight issues, and that's that season kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then they, their own downfall is they take for fucking ever to do the next one, <laughs> but then they've only got
1: like. But they've more or less got some, some sort of flow and continuation no, yeah. matter, no matter what. So I mean, here, here is one to eight of season one. Here's one yeah. to eight of season two, etc. Cetera, et cetera, Super easy to read. Sure. It's very rare. Is it hard to kind of catch, catch sort of step in? Because
0: mm. you can kind of, you just start at issue one of that season and you don't really need much backstory, mm. um, which is good, which I really like that. Um, Top Cow is another one of my favorite comic mobs and they do, because Witchblade was one of my favorite series, uh, and it was phenomenal. But it it was great at the start, but then it also started to get into that same issue where you had Witchblade, and then characters, and then you had the Darkness, and then in other characters from the Witchblade universe, like Magdalena and uh, the Angelus. They all kind of got their own series, and then eventually they led into uh, another th- series that collected all of top, like had a character from each of top cows things they were all one part of this artifact thing and there was 13 artifacts (laughs) and they all connected then that rebooted the entire universe and it was just a bit of a nightmare um but yeah it's still good (laughs) it's still good it's it's hard to get into it but yeah um but anyone that wants to read witchblade i highly recommend it it's finished now as well so it's easy to jump into and just read along some little parts are a bit confusing due to the uh, multi-crossover things with Darkness and the Artifact series, but uh, yeah, it's it's good. I recommend it. Uh,
1: all right, what do we got next? We've got uh, kicking on to the third part and actually talking about gaming. Gaming. All right. Yeah, that's uh,
0: so. Right now, currently on Kickstarter, as as this episode is recorded, and I think there's still a few days left on it is the D.C. East uh, zombie side? Uh, speaking of comics, great series if you haven't read it. I highly recommend reading it, D.C. East, uh, essentially, it is like an alternate retelling of when the Justice League, in New 52, when the Justice League first get together and they're fighting Darkseid. Uh, essentially, in the comics, what happens, in the normal comics, they beat him, he fucks off back to... Um, What's this planet called? Doom? Uh,
1: Have you always called him
0: Darkseid? Is it Darkseid? Darkseid. Darkseid. Dark Side. Dark side. Dark side. Oh, <laughs> gone. Sure. Um, he fucks off back to... What's his planet called? Battle Planet? No, nah, it's... um, uh, Planet. Oh, God. A planet. It's like Planet Ohm or something like that. Yeah. Well, he, he fucks off back to that in the comics and he gets beat by the Justice League. Uh, in DC East, essentially, he fucks off back to his planet through the boom tube, but he takes Cyborg with him. And because Cyborg is created from the, the mother boxes, mm-hmm. he, they essentially find the anti-life equation in Cyborg mm. and um, they, do, they do something to Cyborg and he spreads the anti-life virus through uh, like connections. So he gets sent back to Earth through a boom tube and then as soon as he gets back, he connects to the Wi-Fi which then spreads the anti-life equation through Earth, through the Wi-Fi, and anyone yeah. that hears it then pretty much gets turned into a zombie. <laughs> and it just fucks up, and they just start. But, but then when the superheroes sure. get infected, they become infected, but they still have their powers. Yeah, right. And it kind of... It's like that sort of story. And I think from memory there's like three tradebacks worth of storylines, and then there's like a sideline storyline. Sure. Um, and so this... Kickstart is Zombie Side, which I think you've played I've, once I've with played, me. Yeah, I've played once. You played the Marvel one with me, didn't you? The uh, Marvel, Marvel Zombies one.
1: I think I can't remember now. To be honest, I, I remember, the pl- I remember zombies zombies playing the game. Yeah, uh,
0: so essentially, Simon Games, which is Call cool, Me Games, they've done oh, what is it? It's uh, the original Zombie Side, then they did a season two. Uh, they've done a fantasy version with orcs. Uh, they've done a western version. They've done a sci fi version. Then they re released the first version. Then they did Marvel Zombies. And now they've done this one. Yep. So there's nearly 10 different versions of Side, And essentially, <laughs> it's the same fucking game. <laughs> so it's just. And like each time they do a Kickstarter, they get over $2 million. Oh. It's ridiculous. Because what, it's, it's amazing how they do it. They're geniuses. So, they'll open the campaign and then they're like, here's the base game and we're going to give you a metric fuck ton of plastic crack. And you're like, sweet, throw my money out. It. It's fucking $90. Fuck yeah. Take my money. It was a lot more now. I think this one's like 150 or something mm. like that. But um, it's like, yeah, fuck yeah. Take my money. Mm-hmm. Fucking that meme of Fry, just throwing money at it. <laughs> and you're like, sweet. And then as if more people throw their money at it, as they do. They unlock Stretch Goals, so another character, another character, more plastic crack, more plastic crack. And then it gets to a certain point and they're like, oh, yeah, we've got this expansion for $60. It gives you more plastic crack. <laughs> and then everyone's like, fuck it, throw money out. So you get more unlocks, more unlocks, more minis, more minis. And then they're like, about four days later, like, oh, we have another expansion. <laughs> it's another
1: $60. And by the end of the campaign, usually you're in for about $400. So I, I don't think I've backed a on thing on um, on Kickstarter but do they do all their campaigns like that where they every, don't sort of show yep. everything up front and it every just releases every single one it is smart because you've bought into it if you see it up front you can sort of decide up front what you do and don't want Yeah, but if they're releasing it like they are there you're like oh what's another what's and another 30 it, bucks what's another 40 s- bucks you it's know, the same
0: right. fucking game with a
1: <laughs> Different picture slapped
0: on the front cover. And like, because they've, in this one, they've done, um, so you play as the superheroes, which are your survivors. Uh, and then there's the main zombies are Lex Corp employees. So you have like your walker zombie, your runner zombie, and then your brute zombie. Yep. And essentially it's like a normal worker, a running worker, and then the brutes are like in Lex armor. And then, uh, then you've got some superhero zombies who are like, they were added in Marvel zombies Mm. uh essentially they're like you i think there's like two or three of them on the board sometimes and then sometimes a couple more can come out but they're like they've got their powers essentially so they have they have an ability but yeah and you have to hit
1: them like four times instead of
0: once which you do with the normal zombies
1: sure so it is it it will be pretty much i reckon very very similar to the marvel version in relation to you i reckon find someone with the marvel version compare the cards yeah (laughs) Um, it'll be and you'll see which ones are aligned with a different bitch. From uh,
0: someone said they've added one new mechanic to it, right. like one card mechanic or something like that. That's really the only difference. Sure, um, it's literally just an excuse for a whole heap of plastic crack. Hmm. That's that's all it is. And like, look, they've suckered me in. I'm getting, oh, no, back. I know you have, but <laughs> I'm only going to back to the main game, and then we'll see how much coin I've got uh, and how much uh, interest rates go up. <laughs> To whether I could afford to get any of the expansions, uh, we'll see. So
1: you're going to end up with a lot.
0: Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Se- Seamon generally get me. They've got me with uh, with uh, their Arcadia Wars and all that Arcadia. What was called dungeon? It's like dungeon crawler, chibi dungeon crawler ones. They've got me with those, and I've got a lot of plastic crap. Um, that Bloodborne game, the yep. Bloodborne mini game, I've got that one with a whole heap of stuff. The only issue is shipping now is. Outrageous. It is so fucking expensive to ship that shit. And especially because you get the base game and then each expansion comes in a box the size of the base game. Yeah. And then you get all these little individual minis that they've released. It's like bonuses and they come in their own <laughs> little fucking boxes. So your box ends up being huge and it ends up costing you nearly I think to get the base game delivered, uh, it's 80 Australian dollars shipping. Jesus. And for a hundred, I think. The base game, I think it's like
1: 160 Australian and then $80 shipping. It'd be interesting to know at the end of the campaign f- what what the retailers get, how long it, till the retailers get it, and what the difference is between you... Like, you obviously get your Kickstarter exclusives. That That's the biggest
0: difference with Seamon's
1: Kickstarters
0: versus retail editions is the Kickstarter exclusives. It's a metric fuck ton of ex- yeah. exclusives. Okay. That's your main... Like, I've got the Marvel zombie side... Marble of Zombies 1, but I've got the store-bought one, hmm. which I got on sale for like $30. And it's got four six heroes or something like that in it. And they're all standees, aren't they? No, the zombies are all standees. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> but the heroes are plastic minis. Um, as opposed to if I got it from Kickstarter, all the zombies would have been. But um, also the bonus is... We can use the zombies for Last Days, which is oh, for course. those of you who don't know, is a miniature game made by Ash, uh, who does guerrilla gorilla miniatures on YouTube. Uh, if you're into mini wargaming, which we will talk about in this show because we both love it, um, he does a fan. His channel is amazing, so go watch his stuff if you're into mini gaming. If you haven't seen it, which I'm sure if you're into mini gaming, you probably have <laughs> seen his channel. I'd say so. Um, yeah, so I mean. I was up in arms and i'm still up in arms as to whether i'm going to continue to back it or not it's just because whether we'll play it or not but it's just
1: the minis will be useful for other things and i kind of just want to paint them mm. so who knows? that's what i say like even when i looked at it i i decided pretty quickly that i wouldn't back it because i mean you're the only person that i'll probably end up playing yeah, with. Yeah, so there's much. no point in it's both getting it. pretty much but i did say that the sculpts look pretty damn sweet yeah, well, they, they I, do I look I nice. I did think that the green canary nice. one looks awesome. Comes mm. with like a nice little green thing, which if the comics
0: essentially, mm. um, which uh, <laughs> spoiler, um, <laughs> she is uh, it's black black canary. She gets one of the green power rings, sure, because Hal, Hal Jordan gets zombified. Yep. Um, so yeah, so that is the uh, DCE's Kickstarter. Uh, so we're going to go talk on to our last thing now, which is,
1: uh, what is it? Uh, TCG mechanics. Favorite TCG mechanics to a new player. Yeah,
0: so you are new to the TCG world as of about this year, I think it really is. You kind of started getting introduced to it? probably in the last 12 to 18 months, I reckon. Um, so you essentially have played, we've, what have we done? We've done Vampire Rivals. Mm -hmm. Uh, you've played... Uh, Ma- Magic, mm-hmm. you've played We Cross. Yep. Uh, uh, we've played some old ones like Battletech, uh, Dragon Ball Z Panini Edition. Um,
1: uh, what else have we done? Oh, I've done some Digimon, some Flesh and Blood. I mean, we're going of Digimon, Flesh and Blood. Doing the Universus.
0: Oh, yeah, Universus. Oh, such a good game. UFS for those old school players. Um, yeah, so you're kind of new to it. What's your kind of take on your favorite mechanic that you sort of experience uh, while playing it
1: it's one of those things where i mean you get you get drawn into the thing that you did first so we probably started i think with digimon Uh, i think that was one of the first ones that we did yeah i think i think it was yeah and that was i found that super simple and it was one of those super simple, super addictive games where you can just sort of rattle off several games real quick. Yeah, because
0: that was also when Digimon had first come out. I got a couple Mm -hmm. of boosters from Japan and and they had translated slip-ins in them. It was before it was released in English in Australia. Um, so it was the first couple of sets which were super, super simple. That game has now gotten extremely bloated like most
1: Japanese games and mm. each card has 500 fucking lines of text on it. Mm. So I found that like that's that's simple, that's good. What I found with that one as well is um, I've got a young uh, cousin. He is about 12, 12 or so, 11 or 12, and even just cracking a starter with him and playing through it, like he picked it up super quick and that was just good to be able to do that. So I found that pretty good. Um, recently, definitely been loving the Universus, just getting My Hero Academia. I think that, again, like for entry players, that one is quite simple, quite easy to pick up to start with. It was,
0: it was, it's that simple that, um, I think your second game we played when we were both extremely drunk. Oh, yeah. So, it's, it's, you know, it's not easy to teach a card
1: game while you're fucking wasted. Yeah, exactly. So, Exactly, and that like it's it's good, it's fun, and um I think we we've done this a couple of times where like we might pick up like I'll grab my Hero Academia, you'll pick up Attack on Titan or something like that, yeah. and because of the fact that they are interplayable between the different series, yeah. like that is a benefit as well. So you can sort of pick your poison and play through it. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's very much like um
0: uh, uh Schwartz. Which is another Japanese one for those people. I've played. Each set is a different anime. Um, with UFS, it had. It used to be called UFS. Um, it had a lot of like da- um, Dark Stalkers. Is that the video game? Um, it's got like a bat chick in it. Um, it had like that video mm-hmm. game. It's had Cowboy Bebop, uh, Mega Man, uh, Street Fighter, more, yeah, Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, mm-hmm. uh, lots of different sets. And it's kind of hit off now. They changed their name to Universes, and it's kicked off now with the My Hero Academia sort of sets. And they're in the, just released their fifth set now for My Hero. Thereabouts, yeah. Yeah, Jet Burn. And um, I just, I love the mechanic of the, that sort of push your luck, um, the sort of push your luck part of you got to play a card, it's got a cost, and you got to flip a card and try and get that cost. And then the more cards you play, the harder it is to mm. pay for the cards. I think that is one of my favorite mechanics I've mm. ever used in any, any TCG slash CCG.
1: Well, what I did um, pick up on as well that I quite liked is that um, you get your starters. I think your starters are very well balanced when you're playing a starter versus starter. But if you take the time to build a deck, so go grab several boosters or whatever, build a deck, they are typically, if you spend the time, much better. Oh, 100%. Because like, yeah. what I found with um, Digimon is even when you build a deck, the starters sort of balance quite well even with built decks. Yeah. But this one I found, you take the time, you will have something that is pretty <laughs> pretty, yeah. pretty bim.
0: And it's it's very easy. Like Magic the Gathering, which is it's a great game. The only thing I hate about Magic the Gathering is the player base. Um, building decks for Magic is fucking hard. <laughs> like building a good mechanically running deck is very hard and you've got to have the right cards and there's so like each set has like 300 cards or something like that. It's (laughs) fucking ridiculous and it's just so hard to build a really well flowing deck whereas universes it's very like all cards kind of interact with each other and I think that also has to do really well with the mechanics of the game Hmm. like the foundations are your resources kind of, like they can function as their resources but they also function as cards during battles and then just that simple, you don't have to have mana cards out, you flip a card and if you can't reach the cost, you turn some foundations and then you can play the card kind of thing. Hmm. And it's all it's very uh, push your luck uh, not push your luck, but strategic Like the strategy in the game doesn't come from I've got one, I've got these three cards that I need to get out so that my mechanical engine that I've constructed fucking flawlessly destroys your 20 life points it's more okay I've got four attacks in my hand if I play two of them I oh, have two cards left when you're attacking me on your turn because I don't draw until the start of my turn so I but I, I need blocks so I can't play that because every card is a block and I can't play that but then you are also looking at your cards like I've got a really good attack but that's my only low block and if you play a low block i've got if you play a high i've got nothing to block you with and stuff like that that that's where the strategy
1: in that mm. game comes in that's what i love about that game mm, exactly and and like touching on your expenditure as you're paying for things like if you have to use your foundations to pay for things you obviously run out for your defense as well yeah. because they don't stand back up until right, you starting right. your turn. Yep. So it, it is really cool in regards to that. So yes, it's, it's good that it's, um, as I said, it's easy to pick up, easy to play, like you don't need much strategy to get started. And then once you've sort of got your head around a little bit, you start to bring that strategy into it more, so which makes it more enjoyable. So I'm quite enjoying that game at the moment. Yeah, there's
0: there's um there's one that I've that I've played a long time ago. It's still massive in Japan. When we were just over there a couple of months ago, it was still in all the card shops over there, and that's um oh, fucking Jewel Masters. So it's it was kind of it's kind of magic light. Right. Like a lot of people call it. It's very similar to magic, but the one thing I love about it over magic is the fact of every card is a resource. Mm. So when you, put, when you play your mana normally, you'd play it down. This one, you take any card, you turn it upside down, put it down as a mana. Right. So every turn you play a mana. So you never get like stuck. Like those times we've been playing magic where <laughs> you're drawing all these cards and I'm just sitting there going, not a mana, not a mana, not a mana. And I think I drew like eight cards before I got a mana, that one game we played. Oh, Exactly which is just, it's just painful to do that. It just makes the game not fun. Hmm. And Force of Will kind of dealt with that in they, because Force of Will is just, it's essentially a Japanese copy of Magic. Um, They have a separate minute deck where you have your leader in play. And if you want to draw a a mana card, you tap your leader and then you draw a mana card from your mana deck and then you put it into play. And so essentially every turn, unless you put your leader into play, which flips them over,
1: you draw a mana. So that kind of dealt with that situation. Sure, sure. Well, one interesting thing that I found um, talking about magic is we, whatever those two decks that you had, the, the red and the white. Uh, red and rare, um, so mountain and plains ones, yep. Yep. So we'd verse each other in that, and I found that they were pretty well balanced. And yeah. it was pretty much based on what you drew at the time to be able to. See who won.
0: Yeah, they're, they're also very, um, they're only like half decks as well. Yeah. So they're only 30 cards, supposedly yeah, well, 60, I think.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and one thing I found is that um, the magic doesn't have appeared to age very well when playing, if you've got people who want to play old versus new, Yeah, so essentially we played a game, <laughs> I pulled out a
0: 2000 and I think it was like 2005 or 2000 and. Eight champ- No, no two thousand three. I think it was championship deck. So it was the deck from uh, one of the champions who won world championships. They sort of turned their decks into limited edition decks, and we we pulled out that and Brock played with one of the two. Th- I think it was twenty twenty one starter set. I think it was one of those decks from that. The fire one, and I played with championship deck and got
1: walloped four games in a row. Oh, uh, it was something like that, and it wasn't even like a um a thing where one of them you got close even like it was just i think over the course of four games i think he did five damage to me and that was like it, it was it was what? pretty bad so i mean like you don't expect things to sort of age well overall but this was just next level
0: yeah. <laughs> and speaking of mechanics the one of the games I absolutely love the mechanics in, and we play this a lot, and it's just a shame that it's not released in Australia, unfortunately, is WeCross. Cross. Mm. Now, I understand WeCross Cross isn't for everyone, just due to the fact it's, you know, a sexy anime girls on every single card, which, yeah, it will put people off. But if you ever get a chance to play the game, play the fucking game. It's a fantastic game. It's The mechanics just flow so well. Games are about 15 minutes at most yeah, usually. Take. And it's just beautiful. Like essentially you have three leaders and then in front of each, of the leader, you have a card slot. Uh, and each turn you level, you level your leader up and that determines what level of card you can pay out. There's no manner in speaking for playing cards. You just put a level one or a level two. You can have a total of however much depending on your leaders and the assistant leaders on the sides. And essentially you're attacking. If you attack through and, uh, is unblocked you do damage on your opponent uh eight damage and you win kind of very similar uh life point system to pokemon and digimon <clears throat> we have like a life cloth sort of thing um but just the mechanics in it are super easy and just great fun and super easy to build decks for as well Yeah,
1: exactly and, and it's also one of those things where if you are someone who likes to it it, it Speaks to two different types of people. One person who wants to grab a starter and just sort of have a bit of fun without sort of overthinking it. Which are well-built as well. Yeah, they are well-built and well-balanced, I've found. Um, But then it's also if you want to spend the time to build a good deck and actually go into learning how those cards interact with each other and hit the strategy route, I mean... It's a lot of fun to play through that strategy with such a simple game, like using the mechanics that you can. Like when you first, I remember when you first built um, one or two decks and I just was going, I'll still run the starter. He absolutely smashed me (laughs) because you just, you spent the time to put something together that you learned. And then what I found is I'm like, right, I'll go away. I'll build one as well. And then since then it's been, I think overall you still, Beat me most of the time, but they are far more balanced than what they used to but be it's when I was also just the, My there. first few decks I
0: built were uh, the starter, like we bought one booster each, and this, it, I essentially just took the starter deck mm. and then just started replacing cards in the starter deck mm. and sort of building it that way, keeping the same leaders, but just building from those starter decks. And that's what was beautiful about it. but you could have a good starter deck and then you could turn that into a killer deck. Mm without much effort. Hmm. And since then, obviously I've built decks from 100% from scratch, which is great. But the only downside I've seen, uh, with the game is the fact in America where it's actually released there. I want, I think it's like four sets behind or five sets behind Japan or something like that. So the, the meta, uh, In Japan, they find out all the good cards and find out all the good combinations and stuff like that. So by the time those like a new set comes out in English, everyone already knows all the best cards to play. Hmm. So the the decks are instantly turned into net decks from Japan. So everyone instantly plays those fucking cards, and so that's why I I imagine the competition scene would be fucking atrocious. Not that me or you play the competition scene for any card games because. It's fucking toxic, <laughs> especially magic's fucking scene <laughs> I've got $2,000. My deck is amazing.
1: Um, but yeah, so that's, just... I bought mine from Kmart. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Um, anything else? Uh, that's all we had written down. It was more or less if you wanted to talk about, um, anything else. Not really. I think
0: we'll keep with a couple things for the next episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I can pretty much, I imagine next episode, we're going to talk about Scott Pilgrim anime, a uh, cartoon. Yeah, I've got that on the list. Yeah. I think I'm going to watch that this watch weekend. That. Oh, it's phenomenal. Anyone out there, you need to watch it before the next episode so you know what we're talking about. So we're not going to spoil anything for you because mm-hmm. we will talk about the whole show. <laughs> um, and I'm sure there'll be lots of other nerdy, nerdy things in the next episode. So if you made it this far, thank you very much for listening. Uh, I'm AJ. And I'm Brock. And we'll see you next time. ya. Gotcha.